Hey everybody, this week Phil's out and we've got Jake Arthurs from Cantrip Cartel uh, filling in. Uh, please excuse the drop in quality on the audio, uh, Phil's not in to do it this week so I did it myself. Bear with me, thanks so much. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host Zach Clark, and with me as always, uh, with me as always, not with me as always, with me this week is Jake Arthur's from the Cantrip Cartel. Yep, uh, I am Jake. I'm with Cantrip Cartel. Uh, as we discussed earlier, as soon as it's not Phil Blackman, the whole thing goes off. Oh the rails. man, yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's always, you know, I I have a script. I'm sticking to that script yep, every time. Yeah. You know? no matter what, I, I I can be Phil. I, yeah. I my my parodies will not be nearly as good. I promise. Yeah, well, I mean that's you know that's what you get when you when you get Phil is, is weird parodies. Yep. Um. Yeah. So uh, this week, uh, first off, let's talk about uh, Cantrip Cartel. Tell 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 the audience about your podcast. Where you're coming from here. So Cantrip Cartel is a podcast I host with my friend Matt. We put out an episode every week and we cover everything legacy and modern that's relevant in terms of like competitive play. So we hit the top eights of any relevant challenge or showcase. And we've been dipping into Pioneer lately just to try and throw some love to a format that shot that saw no love until yeah. Wizards until Wizards forced us to care about it with the Pro Tour. Yeah. I mean, thankfully the Pro Tour is back and I, I don't even, you know, I, I did a lot of playing a uh, Pioneer before the pandemic because it was one of the locals was doing mm-hmm. Pioneer and I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll play, you know, this version of Splinter Twin that like yep. plays Thassa's Oracle. Sure. Um, you know, a couple of mono red decks, a couple mono black deck, a couple of weird combo decks that I could, you know, you could scrounge that format together for just a couple of bucks. So I uh, you know, I, I thought it was it was a great format that had its had a chance to shine, but the pandemic happened and uh, people you know had no real way to play it. Yeah, it literally like on paper, you couldn't have designed a format to fail more spectacularly than have the entire world shut down approximately six months after it comes out. Yeah, and and that was supposed to be like 2020 was supposed to be the year of uh yeah. pioneer i think and we were we had like four or five grand prix yep. maybe more than that like everything was set up for that for that format to be like a premiere like this is a new format that's going to basically overtake modern and and mm-hmm. it just you know no i believe happen. they even had pioneer masters scheduled and then canned it because yeah. it's one of those things like they, they they were going heavy into it and then it just it fell through no one played it because you couldn't play anything in paper yeah. and and then just like it overnight, like, hey, guys, it matters again. Yeah. So I got into it. I uh, I found I picked up the Lotus Field deck because I played Lotus Field in Modern some. And it's tons did of you get the, Did you pick up the Challenger deck? I actually exactly what I did. I yeah. That, I, deck. Wow. Like 30 bucks for like uh-huh. a ready to play deck, basically. Yeah. Like you don't have to you don't even have to upgrade it that much. No, it's out of the box. Good to go. There's several. Like the Blue Spirits is also like out of the box. It's yeah. almost the tier one deck you see coming in like first place in challenges. And that's the best thing about the format. Um, Matt and I have been watching it for a couple of weeks now pretty intensely. And, you know, I think every color has a monocolor deck that's like top tier. So, yeah. so you don't need to spend a thousand dollars on a mana base. And because there's no fetch lands, you don't need to spend a thousand dollars on a mana base anyhow. Yeah. So that yeah, helps. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, but obviously we're not here to talk about uh, pre uh, pre modern. Uh, we could talk about pre modern, uh, but no, <laughs> we're obviously not here to talk about pioneer. Um, we're here to talk about uh, the uh, what the Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate mm-hmm. uh, cards that have been spoiled. Uh, we've got a few of them, and uh, I, I don't think that a lot of them are necessarily 
uh, legacy playable, but we can talk about some of the themes that that set is offering and and how uh, you know some of these cards may be able to see play in the format. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to start with talking about uh, the initiative and the Undercity, beca mostly because just to get people's heads around what that is, because. Yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> so yeah, dungeons, dungeons are obviously not that popular in uh, in Legacy because they're pretty low. They're very incremental, like gains mm -hmm. that you get from them, and it takes very long time to go through them. Um, and it just it's just not something we're we're really doing in Legacy. But one thing we are doing in Legacy is playing with Monarch, and this has a lot of the shades of Monarch to me. So the way that this works is, uh, I'll pop up the, uh, I guess it's over here, the Undercity card. Uh, the mm -hmm. Undercity card is, if you compare this to uh, to the other dungeons, the Undercity card's pretty powerful. It starts by putting a land in your hand, which is fine. You know, you, if, when you enter the Undercity, go get, a, go get a, what, basic land and put it into your hand. Great, you've gained a card. N not, the, not the biggest thing in the world. But then the next thing that happens is, you can either uh, put two counters on a creature, which is a lot, uh, especially yeah. in Legacy. You know, if you have a 5-4 uh, Delver of Secrets coming across, it's, it's not nothing. Uh, and then Lost Well, uh, which is Scry 2. So that's also pr pretty good, just for the first two uh, enter the dungeons, right? Uh, or enter the, enter the uh, venture into the Undercity. Mm -hmm. Then you've got Trap, which does five damage to a player, lose five life, which is even better. Go to creature. Goat is unplayable in yeah. uh, uh, Legacy, or create a treasure token, which is fine. We'll probably, uh, depending on whether or not you're trying to put counters on creatures or scrying two, uh, you'll either choose trap or stash. Uh, and then you're looking at archives, which is draw a card, or catacombs, which is to create a three-one black skeleton creature with menace, which is also pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then the final thing is what reveal the top ten cards of your library. Put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. Give it three plus one plus one counters and hexproof until the beginning of your next turn. That's pretty huge. I don't know how good it is necessarily in Legacy, um, but like looking at the top ten cards and just slamming like an eighteen eighteen Emrakul seems fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think I think the thing about this is like we're looking for cards that offer the initiative that get you into the Undercity to use these abilities that are uh, cost cost like a efficiently for for legacy mm -hmm. i haven't seen any of those just yet but i think the other thing we need to talk about is the initiative and how that that works mm -hmm. so uh up here the initiative is basically like the monarch where the, we're in uh when you hit a player uh well so when you get a card gives you the initiative now one player has initiative just like one player has monarch and then when you uh hit a player in combat you take the initiative and you can take the initiative even if you already have the initiative and so then whenever you take the initiative and at the beginning of each of your upkeeps, uh, you venture into the Undercity. And that's the only mm. way you can get into the Undercity. So it either does you enter the Undercity, travel like one more stage in the Undercity, or if you're already in a dungeon, you go to the next, uh, the next stage of that dungeon. Um, mm -hmm. So th there's, a lot, there's a lot of play there uh, in that like, you're, you know, you're already getting these incremental abilities. None of them are obviously as good uh, to start with at, at the at the base is like the monarch just draw a card, but yeah. because you're getting this during your upkeep, and when a creature hits, that also I think includes double strike, right? Uh, deals combat damage to you. That player takes initiative. Um, yeah, it, it, 
if it's a if it's a damage trigger, that'd be each time a each time yeah, a double striker hits. So whenever it, it it won't work that way, only because it says whenever one or more creatures a player controls deals combat damage to you, that player takes the initiative. So it, you you would already have the initiative when it did when it, that happened uh, for mm. the for the double strike. Either way, you can basically trigger this twice a turn. And mm-hmm. if you happen to be playing other dungeon cards that venture into dungeons or or take the initiative, uh, you can you know you can speed run through through this dungeon which is uh, again like i so i play uh sephiris in uh in uh edh which is a dungeon based uh reanimator deck and the abilities are relatively not great for the dungeons uh you know and you can get through them pretty you know at different rates like you can get through two annihilations in three moves Mm -hmm. uh if if you really want to but you're gonna have to sacrifice a lot of stuff Lost yeah. Minds of Fandelver is kind of the go-to, and that can be done in four. And then what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven for uh, the D- Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which has a pretty ridiculous payout yeah. at the end. But you know, uh, these are all things where, like, you know, if you're playing seven cards to do what happens at the end of the du- the, the payoff for the rest of those cards better be pretty good. You know, at that point, we're approaching like it kind of needs to end the game. Yeah, I mean, think about yeah. think about. How many decks in Legacy were ending the game with like three cards, ideally two? And this is like, I've put my seven cards into this and I get to draw three. Yeah, the only <laughs> way you can do that otherwise, like if you're playing like a real control, like a real grinder deck, like, I mean, yeah. Death and Taxes, I suppose, uh, d- does that to an extent. But there's not a lot of decks that are just trying mm-hmm. to like slam their win condition in and wait six turns, right? Yeah, uh, not any- so- not anymore. No, yeah. So you really have to be able to get incremental value out of these cards as you play. There's got to be a card that's like one or two mana to mm-hmm. play, get the initiative, and then get that going, and then have ways in your deck to make sure that your opponent isn't getting it and doing their own thing, too. Spoiler alert, oh, yeah. bring an extra Undercity to any tournament yeah. if, you, if you're taking the initiative, right? Because your opponent you said, can get it. Like you said, it's very much like Monarch. So as soon as they crack back, they're taking the initiative and they're getting to start Oof, that's scary that's risky yeah, yeah it's it's very risky so i guess uh so now that we understand that, that what the initiative is and the undercity and everything uh let's talk about so i guess i guess the first thing we should do is talk about the commander cards that got spoiled for uh for the set they're uh mm-hmm. we're and we're using uh mythic spoiler going all the way down to may 13th here uh and uh, let's just go over them real fast and talk about what they do, and and then we'll you know pick out other other cards that are that are a little more uh, that we can kind of see some potential in. Sounds good to um, me. All right, so let's talk about uh, Nylia Diarnase. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher that for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyhow, uh, she is a three mana. That's two. Uh, sorry, one uh, white and a black for a three three legendary human rogue. Uh, you may look at the top card of your library at any time, and it says you may cast a cleric, rogue, or warrior uh, spells from the top of your library. So you can look at the top of your deck and cast cleric, wh- rogue, warrior, and wizard spells. Uh, and then it says at the beginning of each combat on your turn, if you have a full party, that's all four of those classes, you can put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control, and those creatures gain death touch. I saw this and I, I I ran through my head of like like the closest thing you could probably do with this some kind of like like a human's variant yeah because I, I don't really see other than I mean if you want to slam this in your Delver deck because you do have some pretty good wizards in there yeah but 
I like if if the if your biggest payoff is you get the top deck of Delver into play on turn four. I don't know if that's what we're going for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I don't see this as a, a build around card for for legacy by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it doesn't it, like even if you're getting that the the hoops you have to jump through in deck building are are a lot. So I think I think mm-hmm. that's that's one of those like unless like shapeshifters become a big thing and you can like mm-hmm. yeah fix your loadout that way. Um, all right, so the next one is. Faldorn Dreadwolf Herald. Uh, this is another three mana, three, three. That's a one, a green and a red for a human druid. And it's whenever you cast a spell from exile or a land enters the battlefield from under your control from exile, under your control from exile, create a two, two wolf creature token. Uh, then it has the ability one and tap, discard a card, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. Mm-hmm. I, I saw this and like the clear synergies, if you can get this with, uh, I mean, the biggest place we're playing our lands from exile is going to be expressive iteration. Yeah. And like that card getting, it, could you imagine if expressive iteration just read make a two, two at the end of it? Yeah. I mean, mine's so, like, right. That's it, yeah, it's already I, good enough. <laughs> so, right. Like, that's what I was thinking. But like, so what, like, what are better way? Like, is there any other way we can get like these triggers other than like expressive or itself? Cause I couldn't really come with like a nice sleek way. Well, what about currency converter, right? Currency converter. Oh, uh, you know, I heard about that currency on a podcast converter. I listened to. They told <laughs> buy, me to buy, buy your currency told, converters now. Yes, Can, I, I believe the phrase was convert your currency into currency converter. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's look up currency converter real fast, just to double check. Uh, there we go. Uh, I, I just want to get a full on, like you know arena uh a full-on like gather version of what this card does okay whenever you discard a card you may exile that card from your uh from your graveyard then you can tap to draw and discard a card mm-hmm. it says put in a card exiled with currency converter into your graveyard so that's not going to do it unfortunately uh because it's going into your graveyard and it's just yeah it's not mm. gonna it doesn't it doesn't let you cast it or play it so that's not gonna that's not yeah. Um, the only other thing I can think of is yeah, expressive iteration. Obviously, a three mana three three isn't the worst, but it is bolt bait, so that's not yep. like exactly where you want to be. But you know, this might be something like rug rug delver tries to play as like a more mid rangey kind of thing to get a little mm-hmm. bit more value out of your expressive iterations, but. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. The fact that it has to tap to do that too is kind of a bummer. But you, it is a great way. It is a one card like army. After a while, mm-hmm. if you're playing against the control deck, so I, yeah. I can see throwing one of these in the sideboard just to see how just to see how things go. Yeah, it even, definitely even be- in lands, you know, like playing playing. If there's a you know like a gruel lands deck, you can throw that into the into the board and mm-hmm. just ma- you know make value. Yeah, like like that, like kind of like you know, a top end, just end game threat. Where once the game has ground to a halt, I mean, I'm effectively drawing two cards a turn. I'm getting more resources, and it's uh, it's got potential there. Is like, uh, like I said, end game, nothing better to do. It's just yeah. like, I mean, imagine hitting try. hitting expressive iteration like with the exile, oh. casting expressive iteration, and then playing something from exile off of the expressive iteration. That's a lot of mana, but yeah. still like. You know, that's that's two wolves. That's also a lot of that's a lot of power on the board for your draw yeah. to for two mana. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we go with uh, the next one, which is Captain Nagrothrod. We'll go with that. Captain Nagrothrod. Sure, yeah. 
Uh, this is a five mana. That's three, a blue, and a black for a legendary horror pirate. Uh, horrors you control have menace. Whenever a horror you control deals combat damage to a player, that player mills that many cards. Okay. And then at the beginning of your end step, choose target artifact or creature card in your opponent's graveyard that was put there from the library from their library this turn and put that onto the battlefield under your control. I don't see this card hitting legacy by any stretch. Five mana is a lot. Yeah. Uh, obviously. Uh, and, and <laughs> you mispronounced know. on you mispronounced unplayable. Yeah, I think yeah, I think exactly. Yeah. But so uh, like, like, yeah. That's one of those like like the high roll and the power is there. I think the cost is just too high. And so for this to see play, you either needs to slot into a deck that already exists, which I mean, like you said, changeling or uh, a horde deck could come into yeah. existence, um, or it's got to find some way to get that cost down. Yeah, because the the ceiling is there, and like high ceilings are important, but we also need to be able to get there. Unfortunately, and the floor is pretty low. Yeah, I mean, if you so here's the thing is like the things you would want to mill your opponent with right like if you get this down like what would you want to get from your opponent a grizzle brand if your opponent mm -hmm. hasn't beat you by turn five with a grizzle brand th th they're not beating you, you know? yes <laughs> like, that's uh you're getting the grizzle brand yeah icing on the cake right um, yeah if you know if you if you can get your if you can get your reanimator player or your like, show and tell maybe you're but you if you can get them to where you're stumping five mana into a thing and it resolves i feel like you might have won the game already yeah the only other thing i can think of is like you stifle the shuffle trigger for the emrakul and then at the end step you put this uh, uh you put emrakul onto the battlefield i hey so you're, what you're saying is stif stifle knot's got another tool yes yes well i mean it is a blue black deck right lazav yeah. right um, and Lazav <laughs> wants things in, in graveyards, but I think it's your graveyard for Lazav. Anyhow, uh, let's go to Furcrag, Cunning Investigator. Another five mana uh, legend that is three, uh, blue and a red. Legendary Dragon, Flying in Haste, 3-3. Three, three. Whenever one or more dragons you control attacks an opponent, goad target... Let's stop right there. Goad is not, yep. not a thing that we we're going to want to be playing in Legacy. Uh, let's see, whenever creature deals combat damage to one of your opponents, uh, if that creature had to attack this combat, put a plus one, plus one counter on. Yeah, no, no. Next. Yeah, no. Yep. What else we got? All right. You have you have a couple of uh, of choice cards, right? Yeah, they're a little they're not quite in order. I kind of pulled them aside and put them in a file. Yeah, go but, ahead. So I want, I'm going to start strong. I think a card that like. Like, I brewed a deck around this already. I think it's super cool. It's Abdel, Adrian, Gorian's uh, Ward. So it's four yeah. and a white for a four, four. Uh, this is, if you've been watching spoilers, people have talked about it as soon as it came out. This was the new, uh, better uh, World Warcraft Dragon. So for five mana, you get a white four, four. When he, uh, when he enters the battlefield, you exile any number of other non-land permanents you control until he leaves the battlefield. And you create a 1-1 one, one white soldier token for each permanent exile this way. And then you get to choose a background, which I don't think any of the backgrounds even have text in Legacy. No, um, yeah, because they're not, you don't have any commanders, so there's no. Yeah, so you, you don't get, you don't get, because cho choosing a background, you get to put it next to your commander in the command zone, and we're not doing that. But, so the World Order Dragon deck, which has one of the most fervent followings of anyone on the internet. <laughs> I've been, I, I lived there for a couple, a year or two when I was building World Order. This is like a better World Gorger because it goes infinite with Animate Dead already. And so 
I've been brewing up like you can put um, a, a card draw spell, a, a way to draw cards on the board. That's how World Gorger usually wins. It makes infinite mana because it bounces your lands. You're drawing mm-hmm. your entire deck and you're winning with some kind of, you know, 500 mana kill you. But this allows you to just exile the animate dead, make a one one. And that keeps the loop going because the animate dead leaves. He gets sacrificed when he leaves. The animate dead comes back. You bring him back, you re-exile the animate dead, and you just kind of run the loop. And so you have for essentially the two man of the animate dead, infinite one ones. Yeah. So that's obviously an untapped win, almost certainly. And then I've been brewing up a list where I want to I want to run like Baleful Strix and uh Ice Fang Waddle and Concordant Crossroads and okay. turn, th- turn through the deck, slam a concordant crossroads, swing for 500. That's my like I think this deck, this is a really cool card that like if we'll go to Dragon can see play which it can as like a tier three and a half deck, this can see play. Yeah, I think, I mean, and you can cast this, you know. Yes, it is castable. And <laughs> not that you about want this, to necessarily, but like well, you can cast it. So Woolgorger Dragon has a really low floor in that when the combo gets interrupted, you just lose because yeah. you've lost all your permanence. With this, you don't lose anything. Even if the combo, even okay. if it gets interrupted, so you, you get to keep playing the game. And like, so like my list, I'm running two or three of them because you can totally like go for it, get it unsummoned, get it killed and just reset. Yeah. Because that's the, one of the weaknesses of Woolgorger Dragon is, you know, you need your Woolgorger to survive and your Animate Dead to survive and your Graveyard to survive all yeah. at the same time. It's a lot. It, there's a lot of, there's a lot of holes in that plot as, a, yeah. as I, I like to say, you know, it's very easy for uh, someone to, uh, just stop stop your deck and then for you to be like yeah. well i guess we'll just go to game two. Oh, you have yep. interaction in your sideboard this is <laughs> yeah. a problem so yeah. this gives this gives a little bit of resiliency to that to that style of deck yeah so as far as the bad cards go i think this is one of the better ones yeah. shout out to uh lulu loyal loyal holophant uh phil gets his uh elephant angel yes i saw that <laughs> it's not good but uh he, he it does exist it, it exists um nope. yeah so let's see uh well, what else you've got you've got other so like i saw like I, I there's some cool ones along that line so like i saw baba yaga the night witch um i don't know if you saw this it's one black green for a three three you can tap it to sacrifice three permanents and if they were three or more card type sacrifice this way you lose three game or sorry your opponent loses three you gain three and draw three cards and the only reason i'm bringing this up is because any card that says do a thing draw three cards is something we should look at in Legacy. Yeah. But like, I this again, it's one of those like, you need a, this is a lot of setup. This is a really end game solution. But if you could pair this with some of your like, uh, like Icker Wellsprings, like your sacrifice, draw some cards. You get, if you get some value out of these cards leaving, maybe you can make it work. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those <laughs> things. I saw draw three cards and I'm like, well, this is, I have to look at this to make sure it's not a thing. Sorry, my dog is uh, attacking me right now. Oh, that's totally All fine. Right, All right, Bob, come on, get down. You gotta go outside. Sorry, yeah, like that. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they, they enjoyed having something cute to look at. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think uh it, that it's a real cool card. And I think again, we're in that like weird three mana three three range where yep. it's like you know, it's possibly yep. bolt bait. Um, but oh, it's, got, it loo- it's got a lot of cool, cool stuff going on with it, and it's and it's like one of those cards where like, sure, put in in Nick Fit, right? <laughs> of course, yeah, of course. We're already living in magical Christmas land because they didn't have Bolt, they don't have Days, they don't have Force of Will. Yeah, of course, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows how long uh, Days is left on the I, yeah, yeah. before it's John Block? 
as soon as days gets banned now all of these clunky three drops are still unplayable but slightly less so yeah all right what else you got um what else did i got so this one i is it's hey talking about three drops that died a bolt gale water deep prodigy so oh, two yeah. and a blue for a one three this is one that, like again he probably has the highest ceiling for just a standard deck if you can make him work because yeah. whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand you may cast up to one target card of the other type from your graveyard and if it was cast this way from your graveyard or if it would be put in your graveyard you exile instead so basically your brainstorm also cast ponder and your ponder also cast brainstorm from the yard yeah so and this your is bolt also cast chain lightning your bolt cast chain lightning your bolt cast ponder like yeah. this is very dreadhorde arcanist like where we're getting to like recur those cards from the graveyard and that was obviously proven to be pretty good but this is three it's not two it's yeah. also a one three but it also loses the pyroblast which is in like 60 percent of decks these yeah. days it doesn't have well th- you know we can overload our opponent on on blue permanence with with this card yes. too though we already have murktide delver mm-hmm. you know if you add gale to the mix that's you know that's it, it gets to a point where they have to start respecting that you're going to just slam a murktide a- after like they kill you kill their gale exactly, they kill your yep. gale gale's a cool a cool character because he's in the the Baldur's gate three game as like your wizard companion oh and it, it doesn't come across in his design but he has to eat magical items or he dies what yeah he's like he's got some sort of weird like his curse he's cursed beyond like he this is a character who has like a mind flayer Mm-hmm. In his head, in his head already, a tadpole in his head, um, and on top of that, uh, he he's like weirdly cursed to like need to eat, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> magic items, and like he wants you to keep it a secret too. Dude, how bad is your day going? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> on top of you have this really weird, obscure, and expensive curse. Yeah, it's an you also curse, have, yeah. you also have a mind flare stuck in your if, head. If anybody's ever worked with like, so like, there's there's a couple different kinds of DMs, right? Um, I grew I grew up playing as the the DM, the dungeon master from uh, the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon from the '80s, where like everybody just started out with magic items because that was cool mm-hmm. and fun. And, yep. and then as I grew grew older, I was like, it's way more fun to make people earn those things. Mm-hmm. And like, they feel like a sense of accomplishment, whatnot. I say all that to say this. Uh, if the older version of me DM'd a campaign where your character got this, your character's going to die like pretty soon. Because <laughs> like, yeah. I don't give out magic items like at that rate. Yeah. You know, even the, even the kind role, of crappy the, ones. Yeah, the games do. The games love to give give out like uh-huh. random magical items. You get to a point in, in the late game where you like another plus three sword. This is BS. <laughs> I don't need this. You're like, oh my gosh. It. You're like, I can't carry all these plus three <laughs> weapons. Don't worry, Gail. I found you a lunch in the dungeon. Yeah, I'm full. I'm full out. Yeah, it's like the only good thing about it is he like you know he, <laughs> you have some use for your uh, extra like plus two dagger that you're like none of my guys want to use a dagger. Man, uh, could you could you imagine sitting in the meeting and being like, okay, we're designing a game, we're making Baldur's Gate three. So one of the problems with looters is you always end up having too much stuff by the end of it. What are we going to do? How are we going to mitigate these characters having all this loot? I know. We'll make a dude that eats it. We'll make like basically like kind of an Oscar the Grouch character where he has <laughs> yeah. to like eat magic items. Oh, man. Yeah. What a funny solution. Yeah. 
Um, okay, what what's next? So this is another one. I think I want to say I saw you guys call this when it came out. This is one of the first cards that got spoiled forever ago. But Minsk and Boo, Timeless oh, Heroes. Yeah. Um, and I remember I looked over this. I'm pretty sure I heard you guys talking about it. And you and you like you you just said it, and I was like, whoa, that is kind of good. So two red green for a three mana or sorry a three loyalty planeswalker. When Minsk and Boo, Timeless Heroes, enter the battlefield, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you may create Boo, a legendary 1-1 red hamster creature token with Trample and Haste. Plus one, put three plus one plus one counters on up to one target creature with Trample or Haste. And minus two, sacrifice a creature. When you do, Minsk and Boo, Timeless Heroes, deal X damage to any target where X is that creature's power. If the sacrifice creature was a hamster, draw X cards, and it can be your commander, which doesn't matter for this. Is, this card is bonkers. This is really good. Like, if you get it out, like if you get it out, your po- one, it protects itself. So that's what every planeswalker, you uh-huh. want something that protects itself. It protects itself with a 4-4? Yes. Right? That you can with... sack, kill something else, and draw four cards with the next turn? Yes. This it's is crazy. insane. It, and, then, like, and that's just like the, the bottom where it makes a 4-4. It also could make whatever you care about way bigger. Oh, I guess yeah. I, I'm not. It has to have the keywords. It has to have tra- trample or haste. Uh, okay. Never mind that. But, so, I yeah, mean, it just makes a 4-4. Four, four. Like a 4-man, four, yeah. a 4-4 four, 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 trample or four mana four four haste that you could then next turn sack and draw for is already a pretty good card. Yeah. Now let's just do it every couple turns. It just, yeah. And the fact that it just like, oh, boom, boom boo comes back every turn. Yep. Like you said, after that, you sack him, you, you know, the next turn, you just repeat the process. Even if you only do that twice, you've drawn eight cards, mm-hmm. dealt eight damage to random stuff. You know, yeah. it's, it, it's this very is good. strong. Yeah. Now again, four, four mana is going to be hard to get out. But it, it um very it's not blue, so it doesn't die to blast. It's gonna be very hard to remove. It's uh, prismatic endings almost never gonna touch this. There's very little in the format that's gonna actually take care of this once you get it on the field, other than yeah, attacking. Imagine if you just decide that you want to make a seven-seven instead of sacking it to draw cards, and then the next turn you want to deal seven mm-hmm. damage. Like you can attack with this thing too. Like if yeah. the creature doesn't die, like you're just attacking, you attack your opponent, you deal him four damage mm-hmm. uh, with the creature. Sack Boo, he takes another four damage. You draw four cards. That is a ridiculous rate. Like, yep. It, That's that when you're sitting across from that, like, if unless you're playing like a combo deck, you sit down and go, wow, I just lost this game. Yeah. There's no <laughs> way. There's, yeah. There's no way that uh, you're going to, you're going to be able to deal. Like, the only thing this doesn't, doesn't do is gain you life. Oh, uh, yeah. Darn. You know, that's, that's it. Like, you've got, you've got a sizable threat that it creates and it's two targets. If they mm-hmm. deal with Boo, he's yep. gonna come back. It's just, yeah, this is it, it's too good. This card, yeah, this, this card's great. I don't know if it has a home, uh, but it's it's very good. And I don't see why if if a deck wanted to run green and red and was a uh, more mid rangey style deck, it wouldn't want to play yeah. that. Yeah, this this card was bonkers. And I say it was, I totally missed it the day it came out. And then everyone else was like, "This card's amazing!" And I was like, "Oh wow, it is really good. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's really good." That's like I've got a couple other ones that I picked out that are like kind of cool, but like those are the, like the only ones I pulled out that are kind of any. One of them that I think is funny, uh, Furbolg Floatist is. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just it's a giant bard. Yeah, and I, like that's just hilarious to me. It's it's it's, it's, it's this giant, uh, not a, it's, it's a huge person running around with a with I'm guessing a flute the size of a log singing tunes. 
Oh man, yeah, I that, didn't even see that. Yeah, it, it's just silly. It's just silly. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, I didn't see anything else. I thought was like good. Um, I mean, I like Elminster. Um, I guess we should explain mm. what Elminster is. Uh, I saw he's, him. He is a uh, five mana again. Uh, green, sorry, green. Uh, white, blue, and three colors mana. Uh, whenever you scry the next instant or sorcery spell you cast, costs X less, where X is the number of cards you looked at during scrying, which is mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Then it, he, he, he's a five uh, five loyalty. Is plus two is draw a card, then scry two. Uh, and then uh, his minus three is exile the top card of your library, create X uh, one one blue fairy dragon creatures where X is the converted mana cost of the card mm-hmm. that you exiled. So, you know, you basically get to play with the top of your deck and then like make an army. Yeah. And definitely in Legacy, I mean, there's no format better at manipulating the top than Legacy. So, yeah. like, things like a sign of Draco or an Emrakul and just that's we're quickly I mean, approaching even, even just like oh there's an elminster on top of my deck i guess i'll exile mm. that and make five one yep. ones that now my opponent has to deal with those i still don't think that this card is better than the wandering emperor um because the wandering emperor has flash and gets to yeah. be used that turn but it this is an interesting effect i don't I, I, does it replace jace i don't think so not yet no 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 i mean i I think (laughs) i think i think replacing jace would be too much for this but you know maybe i don't know what this card's going to cost it might be a budget version of of a card that you could try yeah in in your blue you know your blue white miracle style deck uh if you don't want to spend 50 dollars or 70 dollars on jace or the wandering emperor it definitely has excellent friday night magic potential where like you're going just to slam some decks at friday night magic play a couple rounds maybe bust out elements to see if you can yeah like you said play him I you the turn could the, the sequence could totally work where you know you ponder you put Elminster two from the bottom then next turn you play Elminster you play a, your other Elminster mill the other one away make some make some uh blockers and you're good to go yeah I mean just just the fact that like if if you get this down obviously you know the wandering emperor doesn't get hit by pyroblast which is a, you know a mm-hmm. huge thing in its favor if you get this down and your opponent does get to pyroblast it later like you still are probably Mm-hmm. either getting you're probably getting a card off of it at least right and scrying to which is worth something or uh you know he gets it, he gets to it a couple turns later and you have an army of of one ones that he's got to deal with or he can't at least attack through them you know mm-hmm. so so it's it's an interesting card i don't think like it's super like you know go go buy these it's not currency converter yeah <laughs> but uh it, it's an interesting card to check out um what else did I see? I'm I'm happy they're re- they're putting Wayfarer's Bobble back out again. Yeah, reprint, but that's you know that's a uh, a EDH situation. I'm I'm super happy about Nemesis Phoenix because I'm trying to build a Cyrix deck for uh, for EDH, which is honestly not very good, but like probably going to be fun to play. Um, what other cards? The John Arinkus Shattered one. Uh, I I I ren- Arenicus John Arenicus Shattered One. I bet it's Yawn. Mm, yeah, Anyhow, but... that is a Elf Wizard for uh, two, a black and a blue. He's a three three. At the beginning of your instep, target opponent gains control of up to. Uh, there we go. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Of up to one target creature, uh, you control. 
Put two plus one plus one counters on it. It's goaded for the rest of the game and games. This creature can't be sacrificed. Oh, darn. So, wow. That's so much. Uh, That's a lot of text. I don't think you'd want to do this. Uh, Like, what would you get? Like, Hellcarver Demon? You know, like, I don't know. (laughs) Goaded, again, just doesn't matter in this format. There's a lot of goad stuff in in this set. Uh, there's Baldur's Gate that uh, makes that makes gates like a, a possible thing, but I don't. Again, I, I don't think that's going to be in Legacy. Yeah, I saw that, and I think my like I, I don't remember they put it on this one, but one of my discords put that up, and I was like, how long before people admit this isn't going to work? Because there's going to yeah, be a lot of people trying to force gates. People, people just trying to play uh, the mazes end deck. I guess it just yeah. There's better ways to end the game with lands in this format, right? Yeah. Well, in fairness, though, not at this, not for this uh, cheap financially yes this is true this <laughs> i guess is that's true, true. not I, I mean i wouldn't be mad if i saw it uh i love it when a weird like a weird deck gets played against me uh mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm always just like okay well i don't know what you're doing i hope it yep. works and then i'm like yeah. okay days i hope that's good enough because i don't know what to do now <laughs> yeah you know sometimes i mean i've been beaten by uh, a guy who played whisperwood elemental he slammed it down against me i was playing rug and i was like i don't have anything to, i can do about a four yeah. four that makes a two two at the end of every turn it's like I, you know you might not be as bad as me but like i live in the like in the top eights and i live in the in the showcases so like i try and build my decks for that and then you hop into like a random league or just the free queue and it's just like yeah, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I was not I, right prepared. now. I'm playing, I'm playing uh, Death Shadow because I sold all my duels mm. and slowly, slowly working to get my duels back and eight cast as well, which doesn't need any duels. But yeah, see, I, I never get mad when I see people uh, trying to pull something off uh, at the uh, under under two thousand dollar level <laughs> of. Uh, Legacy, I'm like, I feel you, man. I know how that is. Time, yeah. times, are, times are lean right now. Yeah. Uh, here's here's a cool card that just got spoiled today. Um, Alarondo the Seer. Uh, that is a four mana, three, five. That is two, a green and a blue. Uh, legendary Human Shaman. It says, tap to draw a card, then exile a card from your hand. Put a number of time counters on it equal to its mana value. It gains... Uh, when the last time counter is removed from this card, if it's exiled, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. If you cast a creature spell this way, it gains haste until the end of turn. Then, so that all happens, then remove a time counter from each other card you own in exile. Okay. But they don't have suspend. But so we're clearly going to be pairing this with all of the spells that, like all the suspend spells that have no mana cost. Right. The weird thing to me, though, is that this doesn't have, it doesn't actually have suspend. So, yeah, you, like, they only, those, on on the things that don't have suspend, they're only coming off if, you know, you you use this ability. Because it's not going to happen during your up, your, it's not, not going to happen during your upkeep. Now, if you hit a suspend card with it, it has suspend, so those tokens will come off, so you could conceivably get two off a turn. Why would you? Why would you play with suspend cards? Did but time, don't time counters don't remove them. I guess time counters aren't like a keyword. No, thing. look at like look at like uh, the card suspend is a great is a great example. Uh, oh, because it gains at, suspend. It, it gains gives the it gives it suspend. Yeah, so I think that's important. Uh, yeah, it says if it doesn't have suspend, it gains suspend instead. 
so yeah, that the this card's weird because it doesn't give anything suspend, so you're not getting like two off a turn, but it does do it itself. Um, it's just an in, it, it's interesting. I don't see this getting any play, but it's a cool it's a cool ability. Yeah, um, that gets a lot worse than haste. I thought it was. Yeah, I wish it had haste because like four yeah. mana is a lot for this effect on like turn five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Nate will be happy. They created another Mardu uh, legend. Uh, Jan Jansen, Chaos Crafter. Uh, legendary creature, Gnome Artificer. It's got haste, and it says tap to sacrifice an artifact to create two treasure tokens, or tap to sack a non-creature artifact to create two 1-1 one, one colorless construct tokens. Hmm. I don't know that that's where, I, I mean, if Nate were here, he'd be very upset about another, uh, yet another Mardu card that just doesn't that really isn't, cut it. That isn't good. I yeah. mean, it's, you do get to make one treasure into two treasures. Yeah, or you can make two, one of your two guys. It, like, eventually this card will get there, right? Because you can yeah. to just like, oh, it I does, guess like, I'll make two treasures into, yep. I'll make one construct into two treasures and then make one treasure into two construct and you'll keep doing that over and over again. It's kind so, of the uh, the retrofitter foundry. Like it, it will grow if you give it time. Yeah, it just um, has the unfortunateness of dying to bolt. <laughs> yes. Also, it is a three three. All right. Yeah, I don't see a ton of other like really great great cards yet. We're very early in the set cycle. I mm-hmm. I, mean, I tend to want to wait until the whole the whole thing comes out to like uh, kind of go over everything with a fine tooth comb. But those yeah. are those are a couple of like really. At least interesting mechanics, cool abilities, and stuff that we're seeing a new one. I think uh, I don't know if you watched uh, Jake and Joel our magic. Uh, I watched the I don't know what the wizard wizards did like a reveal for the set where they showed a lot of these cards uh-huh. and uh, Joel I think could be Jake, not positive was doing it and he he basically said I'm very whhelmed by this set so far. Um, <laughs> Which, yeah, that's that's how I feel yep. the, so far. We haven't seen anything that I'm like, oh, this is gonna break the format, yep. or like, or Which, this is a total role player, you know. I'm happy about. I I I don't. I like seeing cool cards come in once in a while. I like seeing a really neat niche thing happen. But I really was like, I don't want to see Ragavan printed again. I yeah, was no. like, because I, I <laughs> whelmed is a very good way to describe how yeah. I'm feeling looking yeah. at the set. I am um, an the, octopus. Uh, that is staying on the board. <laughs> yes, right exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, the only doubt, the, the only problem I have is how long it took me to read all these cards in preparation oh, for the episode. God. Yes. This is, it's, it's so much. It feels like I'm back in high school and I've been given an assignment. Of right. Like, yeah. I feel like every uh, time, every time a card comes down, I'm like, okay, hold on. Everybody stop. Yep. Let me I'm going to need I need 40 seconds to and get I'm, through this thing. I'm dyslexic too. So it's like, oh, geez. it's even worse for me because I'll look, I'll read a card three or four times before I really uh-huh. parse what it's saying. And then once I've got it, I'm like, that's locked in. I know what it is. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I told Nate when we first started doing the podcast together, I was like, don't make me read anything out loud. I can't, I'm just, I'm straight yeah. up dyslexic. Like I've learned to get around it a bit since we started doing mm-hmm. the cast, but it always takes me a couple of minutes uh, just to like, be like, okay, these and especially if it strays out of the normal magic wording somehow yeah. that's yeah well, like every time what was that card last week that phil was reading where it's like when you cast a spell for each opponent exile oh, this spell then 
for each then each opponent's permanent it's targeting choose another permanent <laughs> it's like what geez, was Louise. that card oh i i remember it and, and i was like what it was a uh, this it was one of the was it one of the 40k cards oh yeah maybe no it wasn't one of the 40k cards it was it was uh uh-huh. the commander legend Baldur's gate card zevlor uh yeah zevlor the tiefling warrior that's in uh grixis that like day zero errata uh-huh uh, and it says when you cast when you next cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only a single opponent or a single permanent and opponent controls for each other opponent choose a player or a permanent they control copy the spell and copy the targets of the chosen spell or per- I for- I lost track of the plot during half of that that wording. Anyhow, it's basically just like if you cast a spell and it targets a player or permanent, then you can do the same thing and have it target another yes. another person's thing that's not this guy uh-huh. uh, or them, and you can do that for each opponent. It's like wow, that is there's got to be a better way to say uh-huh. that. Yeah, that card just screams. Uh, you're going to be sitting down to draft this at your FNM and someone next to you is going to play this and go, I don't know what to do. And you have to go, that's one of those, like, it just does this. The dead, just, it, it's, it is the dead ringer of, of uh, this set. The de- have you ever uh-huh. read dead ringers? Uh-uh. Oh man. I'm going to, uh, th- this is the, this is right up there with the, the like false cure test dead, dead ringers. Let me read the, the, te- the text for you and see if you can parse this. Okay. It says destroy two target non-black creatures, unless Either one is a color, the other isn't. They cannot be regenerated. So, so they have to be black to start with. No, non-black. Then, non-black oh, sorry. So, okay, so they have to be non-black, and then they can't share a color? Yep. Is that what that's saying? So as long as they are both non-black and do not share any colors, you can kill both of them? Yes. <laughs> that's the best Destroy way to say two that? two target non-black creatures... Unless either one is a color, the other isn't. No, I'm sorry. So it has to be like two green creatures that they are have only to... green. You know, it can't be like a oh. green creature and a simic creature. But it could be a simic and a simic. It could be a simic and a simic. But it <laughs> they could have be to... like, yeah. Couldn't be well, like a this... boros and a red creature or a boros uh-huh. and a gruel creature. They have to be exactly the same colors. They have to be the same it's color identity. Like who, oh who decided that was a good idea to put that yeah. on a magic card? my gosh like that i mean i i get it because like that 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 was uh odyssey apocalypse and there were a mm. lot of gold creatures so like this really like yeah it was a very like five mana draft sorcery <laughs> kill spell where you're like i hope i wow. kill something yeah oh, please play another creature so yeah. please play another creature that is also the same colors exactly so i can use this card that i drafted yeah. on uh, as you know round uh pack three pick four yeah, Dead Ringers. That's a card. So anyhow, Zevlor the uh, Zevlor El Truel Exile. <laughs> Man, I I played D I played D as a kid, and half of these half of these guys like I'm like, what is going on? Um. Anyhow, uh, I I don't know. I'm looking forward to 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 the rest of this set. I think. I think it'll be cool. I think we'll get some really cool stuff. I'm looking forward to just being able to play like some different yep. stuff in Commander too. I don't know if you play Commander or not. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I I'm I'm at like deck number twelve. 
Oh, uh, geez. Yeah. I stopped at like five or six. I, I, I mean, have. I, I just take them apart when I when I get bored with them and then build yeah. something new. But I've got the mana bases for everything, so I'm just like, okay, I can just do do this and be done, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I might build like Garth the One Eye. I think I think that's my my next yep. one. Garth the One Eye with like gates and make that I, like a deck. I just hope the flavor stays. Dragons. Because like I I do love uh, Commander and I love the flavor of it. And so like the original Commander set, even though it was pretty underpowered, there was just really cool flavor in it. And I really hope they stick with that and just keep bringing the flavor. Like the cards don't have to be super, super powerful because they're not for modern. They're not for legacy. Like just keep them really interesting. Do you think they're going to put another Jeweled Lotus style card in the set? Because right now, if if it's a buy or sell as like the average Magic player, this is not a, I'm not buying a, yeah, like a there's, thing right now for this. Like, I don't see any card in here that I'm like, oh, I need that, you know? Yeah, there's nothing that's like, it, it, it's hard because you have to convince people to crack packs. And so like, there needs to be something either really valuable or at least like really desirable and I haven't I have seen to assume it yet. we haven't seen the, the card yes. that does that from the set. I yet. hope so. I hope the elder brain isn't the only thing pulling people to buy these packs. No. All right. Well, I think that's that about does it for today. Uh, one quick thing I want to talk about is Moxfield.com, our show sponsor. Moxfield.com is a deck building website where you can go and build your legacy decks, your commander decks, modern, you name it. Uh, mm-hmm. They use Scryfield sourcing, so you can tag all your cards to say, like, whether or not you own them and stuff like that. Or, like, be like, oh, I'm going to mark all these cards as uh, these These are my uh, cards I'm thinking about removing once I get enough money to buy dual lands or something like that. Yep. You know, that, that sort of thing. On top of that, it works on your PC. It works on your Mac. It works on your phone. You don't need to have an app or anything. It just does everything automatically. And uh, it's it's just one of the greatest resources out there for, for Magic players as far as uh, deck building resources are concerned. I'm able to build a deck, even an EDH deck, and you know mm-hmm. under under like half an hour from my phone, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's so nice. I used to use I won't say their name. But I used to use a different a different very old looking service yeah. online that's free, and it's like what everyone used at the time. And then I was uh, one of the people I was in a Discord with. They were like, "Oh, just shoot me a Moxfield," and I was like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah. So I used it once. Never going back. Like, I, 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 I'm like the, the, the ultimate, like, I won't ever use a new thing guy. Like I'll just use what mm-hmm. I'm already using yeah. to the point where my friend, Harry, who created the website had to convince me to use his own <laughs> website. And yep. I was like, kind of a dick about it. Uh, What's that? But like, once I started using it, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. It's like, you know, just use Moxfield people use Moxfield. There's a link below. Check it out. Anyhow, uh, final note, I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Really appreciate you guys. Uh, you've been coming up with some really good ideas for uh, our, our next episodes and stuff like that. Uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Uh, there's, you know, there's all sorts of stuff, merch and stuff like that on there. There's a merch uh, tier. Uh, but if you just want to, uh, you just want like a, you know. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, so I think that's that's it for us this week. Um, thanks for, anyhow, hey, thanks. For, I would say thanks for having me on. I had a ton of fun, and it was super cool to get to come. I'm a, a long time listener, first time caller. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, man, thanks so much for for uh, showing up. I really appreciate it. It was a great. It was a great last minute grab. Yeah. And everybody, check out Cantrip Cartels podcast. You can find them where? Can you find them? 
pretty much everywhere. Like we, I try to, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google cast. It's everywhere. If you want to, we we're still using the anchor.fm forward slash cantrip cartel. And, um, if you want to ever reach out to us, it's just uh, cantripcartel at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to answer any questions or talk to anybody about whatever dumb cards I brought up that people want to tell me are not good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anyhow, Jake, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure being here. Yeah. We'll see everybody next week. Later on. See you guys.